Well, the scripture reading from this morning is from 1 John 4. Just like last week, we're adding uh, from 9 and 10 last week, and I'll be reading 11, 12, and 13. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. The scriptures are as relevant today as they were then. Hey, it's um, my honor to introduce our speaker today, uh, Brad Olin. Brad is a man that I have learned a ton from over the years. I think about 10 years ago, he, he came to me. We were at another church, and he said, uh, he said, why don't you come and help me in my youth group? And I said, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> But he has such a knack for seeing what God's doing in other people, even when they can't see um, what God's doing. So, Brad, thank you for your mentorship, thank you for your leadership, and thank you for who you are. So, please yeah. welcome Brad to the stage. Thank you for your friendship, and definitely love you. Appreciate you. <coughs> hey, can I pray for you before you get started? Sure. Yeah. Hey, if you it. say no to that, I don't know. I know. We might as well just we'd have to take a, this Yeah, that's thing. right. So. Hey, uh, Father, I just pray for Brad right now. I pray that uh, if there are any nerves, I pray that you'll calm them. I pray that your authority will just be overwhelming over him during this time. I pray that you'll give him a boldness and a confidence to just speak the genuine gospel here this morning. We love you very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dallas. Yeah, don't listen to a word he says about me. No. <laughs> um, hey, so last week on Father's Day, Dallas did an amazing job of explaining these verses to us and about how much God has, loves us and, and has passion for us and cares for us as a father. And we read this from 1 John 4, 9 and 10. It says this, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And Dallas, again, did a great job of explaining how Jesus, how God loves us so much uh, last week. So if you missed that, please take a minute to go back and, and listen to it on YouTube or find it on our private channel, uh, GN, GNC uh, private uh, channel, because it's just amazing. Um, today, we're going to dive deeper into how we should respond to this great love. Like, what does it look like for us to have a God, a Father that loves us that much? What, how do we respond? What do we do? And, and so uh, today, we're going to dive deeper into that um, and look at what, what we should do. Um, my April, my wife, uh, some of you know her, some of you don't. Um, her and I, uh, we love each other exclusively. Like, I love her so much as, as a wife. She, she serves and loves me in, in amazing ways. But uh, there are many times that uh, I try to love her the way I express my love for her, the way I want her to express her love to me, right? Like, the different love languages, if you've ever studied love languages, I try to express my love to her the way I want to be loved. And, and over and over again, she quietly and calmly explains, hey, yes, I, I feel the appreciation, I feel the love, but you can love me better by, 
And then she again tells me, all right, this is how you can love me, right? And, and same thing for me, like sometimes she tries to love me the way she wants to be loved. And, and we just kind of keep missing the point just a little bit. We still love each other. We just kind of miss loving each other the way we could, could in full, fullness. And, and for some of us, I feel like we do that with God. I feel like we, sometimes we, we just miss the way God wants us to love him back. And, and we focus on things incorrectly and we miss the point of, of how he wants us to love him. And, and so it's same, the same thing is true that is in our marriages is in our relationship with God. And so today I want to dive deep into that. One of the reasons why I believe that is happening is because of the way the world talks about love. In today's society, we love everything from puppies to pizza to sports. Like, we use this word love in all kinds of statements. I love pizza. I want to make love. I love this dog. I love that person. We use love in so many different ways that sometimes I feel like we we might confuse what the word love actually means, and we might not understand completely the way God, when God says he loves us, we might not completely understand the word love when he says, I love you, right? So um, let's, in, in their culture, in Jesus' culture back in the, in the day, um, there were four Greek words for the, the word we use love today. There were four main Greek words um, that uh, their culture used when they were talking about I love something. There were four main words. Um, two of them uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because they're not, um, one of them, eros, is not in the Bible at all. Um, there's concepts of the word eros, like in uh, the, the Old Testament in Song of Solomon's um, Eros love is a, a sexual, like, meant for marriage type love. Like, so it's that, that connection that you get from um, connecting with your spouse, that kind of thing. So the word eros is never in the New Testament, but the concepts are in the Old Testament. Uh, so we're not going to spend much time on that. And then there's sorge love, which is familial type love. So it's like the love that, that moms and dads have for, for kids and, and, you know, kids have for their moms and dads, brothers and sisters. So it was a very familial type love that, that they used back in, in that time. Um, and uh, it, sorge is actually in the Bible as a compound word with one of the words that we're going to talk about right now. Um, it's a compound word found in, in Romans chapter 12 with phileo. And phileo is one of the two terms that in the Bible is very consi- consistently used when it talks about love. Um, phileo, uh, for some of you, I know some of you have heard this before, but this is just a reminder of, of sometimes we need to stop and think, what is love, right? And so phileo loves is, is having a warm affection in, of, a feeling of connection with or respect for. Many people in the, in the 
when the Bible was translated, translated it brotherly love in English, which gives us a good picture, but it's not a complete picture because it's, it's deeper than just brotherly love because sometimes brotherly love doesn't look like love at all as you see brothers fighting and, and you hear story like Joseph, the story of Joseph um, in the Bible. Like his bro- did, is that really brotherly love? Did they really love Joseph at the time? Uh, no, I, I'd say throughout that story, they grew to love him after they came back into relationship with him. But so phileo love, or if, if we've heard it called brotherly love, is an affectionate, a warm affection for, or a feeling of connection with. Here's a couple of examples of where it's used in the Bible. Um, in John eleven three, when Lazarus, you, you remember the story where Lazarus, Jesus' friend, was sick, and um, he, a servant comes to Jesus and said, Lord, the friend you love is sick. The friend you phileo is sick. And so we see and we know from other passages in the Bible and from that passage in John chapter 11 that, that Jesus was a major friend. Like Lazarus was one of Jesus' best friends. He loved Lazarus. He had connection with. He had affection for. He had respect for Lazarus. And so we see that in, in John chapter 11, verse 3. Another example of phileo in, um, in the Bible is, is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. And so again, it's this idea. It's, it's, it's not all about relationship. It's about having respect or a need or affection for something, and so we can, in, in the Bible even, the word phileo, you can have affection or need for something else in your life besides people. And so phileo is not the kind of love that we talked about in, in 1 John chapter 4 that God is saying, I love you with. What is that love? That love is actually agape. Um, Though the Bible does tell us to phileo God a few times, like in 1 Corinthians, at the end of the book, um, Paul is ending his book and he says, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone does not love, phileo love the Lord, let that person be cursed. And, and so there's still a call, a, a desire for God to be loved in a way that, that we have affection or respect or or that, that connection with him in that way as well. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cursed uh, by Paul or by God. So, you know, we need to continue to have that connection or that brotherly love for God. But it's still not that love that we see in First John. And, and so phileo is a powerful love that anyone can phileo love somebody, but it is not the love that led Jesus to the cross. Agape is that term. Agape is the, every time you hear the word love in 1 John 4, the, the verses that Dallas read last week and, and the verses that we are reading this week, every time you hear the word love, it is the agape type of love. Agape is a love des- that, is des- that desires to w- and works towards the best outcome for a personal for a person in an intentional and selfish, selfless, not selfish, selfless act. Um, 
So, yeah, so, hey, don't miss this. Like, when we define a word like, like this, this is huge for us. Like, this is the way we should try to begin to define love. We should, every time we encounter or approach a relationship in our lives, our spouses, we should begin to look at it in this light, desiring and working towards the best outcome for a, personal, uh, for a person in intentional and selfless acts. That's the way we should begin to look at this love. Um, agape in the Bible almost always, almost always points people towards the Father. Or almost always points them towards Jesus. Which, which makes sense, right? Like if, if, if I am loving somebody and I am pointing them towards Jesus, isn't that the best thing? Isn't that the best outcome for anybody's life? Like, if I have a relationship with Christ, what else could go wrong? I mean, I know my future is secure. I have hope here on earth. When things go wrong, when circumstances of my life are, are crashing down and they, they're, it's, it's hard times, God's there. God loves me. And I know that I will spend eternity a, a my future is secure. My eternity is with him where there will be no more pain, no more tears, everything, right? So anytime we can push somebody towards him, we are agape loving them. So continuing in, in 1 John 4 with verses 11 uh, through 13, which Dallas so eloquently read, uh, it says this, Dear friends, since God so loved, agape us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he in us, he has given us his spirit. So, one of our responses to this amazing love that God has for us, this agape love that God has for us, is, is this. We must respond to the Father's love by loving others the way he loved us. We have to. If we don't, we prove to everyone around us, we prove to our spouses, we prove to our friends, we prove to the people that are closest to us, that we are not walking with Jesus. If we don't love, if we don't agape love the people around us, we are proving that we are not completely in that moment in relationship with Christ. Right? Listen to that again. It says, in, in verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if you love one another, God lives in you, and his love is made complete in you. The opposite is then true. If you're not, then God isn't living in you at that moment. You're not receiving the power that he wants to give you to love others. So one of our, again, our response is we must begin to love others. But, but this is hard, right? I mean, think about, like, think about this for just a moment. This is hard because, you know, sometimes our emotions get, get involved. And, and sometimes we, we start focusing on what feels good, you know, or what feels bad, or what, what, 
in our marriages, sometimes it doesn't feel like I want to love this person. I don't, I don't want to be connected with them. And so it's hard. In our friendships, they, they, they go to the movies on Friday night and never invite you. And you're like hurt and you don't want to love them. You, you want to be, you want to sit and wallow in the, the pain of, of rejection. No. It's hard. It's hard to love people. You can't love people alone like your kids when they do that annoying thing for the umpteenth time, right? Like it's just, it's hard to love like this alone. But this is the way God wants us to respond. He wants us to selflessly love others by pointing towards him. So thankfully, the verse doesn't just end there. It doesn't just end on the thought that hey, you need to love one another the way I loved you. It doesn't just end there. It, it continues and continues to tell us that with his love, there comes a special gift. There's a special gift to those who walk in his love. We receive the power to love just as he did. When we walk in his love, we receive the power to love others as he loved us. So this response is huge. When we by responding to God, by loving others, it's a huge response to him. It says everything about our relationship. If you, if you do not love others the way the Father loves us, he does not live in you. That could be a scary fact, but it's the truth. Like if we don't love in a selfless way, or they're not moments of loving people in selfless ways, then are we really connected with him? According to this, you would have to question that. It is the litmus test. This is, a, to me, the litmus test of our relationship with Christ. You can only love, agape love, to the extent that you allow God to connect with you. Do, do you get that? Like, you can only agape, you can only love somebody selflessly to the extent that you allow God to love you. Let me, let me give you a mental picture of that. Um, let's, say, let's say you love fishing. I know some of you do, and, and I'm doing this illustration because we had Father's Day fishing out, out there a, lot, a couple a week ago. Um, and so let's say you and I are going fishing, and we hop on a boat, and we're going fishing for something that, like for catfish or something that lives like near the bottom of the lake. And so, so you and I both know that to catch the fish that we're going for, we have to fish deep, right? And so we hop on the boat, and first thing, we're not even out of the boat dock yet. I cast in the shallows. You're going to look at me like, what are you doing, right? And then, you know, so you, you say something, and I reel my line in, and I'm like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. And, and so I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm excited. I want to catch this fish. So uh, 30 seconds later, not even 30 seconds later, I cast it out again, and, and we're in like five feet of water. You're like, what? No, we just had this conversation. It's deep. We got to go deep. 
right? And I, that keeps happening over and over again, and, and we never reach the deep part of the lake. Look, I can only fish as deep as the water is in the lake where we're at. And so if I want to catch something deep, I've got to be patient and go deep, right? Our love, so just like the bottom of the lake is the, the depth at which I can fish, the, the depth that you allow Christ to love you, the depth of your relationship with Christ is the depth at which you can love other people. The depth at which you love or allow Christ to love you is the depth that you can love other pe people. <clears throat> this is a big deal. This is huge. Like, if, men, men, if... <laughs> If you truly want to love your wife, if you truly want to sacrificially give to her and make this thing work because it's a, a picture of what Christ has done for the church, his love for your wife, the, the bride of Christ, it's a mental picture of what Christ has done for us. If you truly want to love your wife the way you should, man, you've got to go deep. You've got to connect with Christ. Wives, uh, ladies, if, if you want to break free from the, the, the comparison and the, 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 the things that are so easily entangling you, you've got to connect with Jesus. Your friends, comparing yourselves to your friends is not a good way to love them. We've got to connect with Jesus on deeper levels. This is too important to mess up. See, this, in 1 John 4, it continues and, says, and tells us why this is important for us. It, it, it helps us understand more of, of this whole picture. In 1 John 4, 16 through 18, it says this. It'll be on the screen, and it says... And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. See, it's just making that point more clear and more clear. Like the, you are not in God unless you are loving the way God loved other people. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has nothing to do with punishment. The one who fears is, made, is not made perfect in love. Look, this is what it, if you begin to love the way Jesus loves, this is what it does for you. It casts off all fear. Look, as you, as you begin to allow God to love you and you begin to respond by loving other people, those 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 judgments, they go away. The comparison, it goes away. It no longer is about, oh, I need to look as good as that person, or I need to have this house like that person, or I need to do this like that. No, the, those judgments, those, those comparisons are gone. 
Because the only thing that matters is loving Christ the way he loved me and loving others in that same way. That's the only thing that matters. So the more I begin to allow God to love me and the more I love people that way, those comparisons, they're gone in fear. Fear of losing my job, fear of um, the, the kids. I, I have a fear that I pray about sometimes that like I'm, I'm nervous that my kids will pass away before I do. Does, no, God is in control. God's going to take care of that. Fear, all those fears, every fear that you have is cast off as we love him. So this is too important to mess up. Loving people in a selfless and humble way leads them towards the Father, agape love. It will do wonders for your family relationships, your marriages, your friendships, and every person you come in contact with. You have to allow, stop allowing selfish thoughts the world places in your minds to distract you from loving people the way you were. Mentally, you want to unwind after work. Yeah, that's great. We all need moments of unwinding. But before hours of binging on Netflix a night, is that, is that necessary? No. Cut it back. Spend time with Jesus. Maybe spend an hour Netflix and then an hour of spending time with Jesus and, and loving other people. The, the next, like, do we really need to watch three football games on Sunday? No. Spend time. Get to know him. Get to know people. Love people. Now, if you're using it to love people and connect people, that might be a different story. But, um, you know, like connect. Connect with people. Um, so, so imagine with me, if you will, if, if we begin to get this right. Imagine we all started to allow God to love us the way Dallas talked about last week. The way he truly loves us every day. That agape love that sent Jesus to the cross. Imagine with him if we connected with him daily. Not even daily. Imagine if we connected with him moment by moment. Step by step. That constant communication between him and you where you're saying God how should I even handle this second how should I handle this this conversation with a friend how should I handle this conversation with my kid should I get down on their level on one knee and say son look this was wrong you shouldn't have done it this way but look this is what you did right I see this in you imagine with me if you be, if we all began to love people the way Christ loved us. How would that change your relationships with your parents? How would, how would that change your relationship with your kids? Your spouses? Your friends? How would that change the community? I believe I believe we would shock the world. I believe we would see marriages last. I believe we would see kids honor their parents. 
I believe we would see friends sell houses to take care of needs of other people. I believe it would change our communities in ways that the world would talk about it. I completely believe it because it's already happened. In Acts chapter 2, the world is still talking about a community of Jesus followers that came together and it changed the world forever. We, if we, love the way Jesus loves us, we can change the world. Are you in? Let's pray. God, first and foremost, we, we thank you and praise you that, that you are a God of, of the Father in heaven who, who, you didn't have to do any of this for us. You didn't have to, one, you didn't even have to create the world. You didn't have to create us. You didn't have to create me specifically, but you chose to. And in that, in, in choosing to create us, you chose again not only to create us, but to give us a hope and a future, to give us choice and to allow us to follow you with all our hearts by sending your son, Jesus, for us. God, we thank you and praise you for that. We thank you and praise you for your great love. God, because of that love, just like we talked about today, because of how great your love is for us, God, give us the strength, give us the ability to step out of our comfort zone and love our spouses the way you love us. To love our kids the way you love us. To love our friends, to love the people, our neighbors around us that that we come in contact with moment by moment. Help us to love so that that you can be honored and you can be glorified. That we can start a revival in this city. We can change the world. We love you. Your name. Amen. Go ahead and stand and worship with us. You know, guys, uh, Brad reminded us that we can only love as much as we allow God to love us and for us to to be filled with him. And and I was listening to him and I was looking back there and I was like, we have this up here every Sunday. Like, love God, love people. And how cool it is to be reminded of that because I know, like, I needed that reminder. So thank you for that. But, like, just allowing us to sit in God's presence and find that our source of love comes from Him. So we're going to sing the song, Nothing Else. Um, The first line is, I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. And that, that was just kind of on repeat in my head. Like, God's calling us to love Him, to be, to be loved by Him. Let us sit in His presence this morning. Mm -hmm. 